What's up, everyone? Welcome to Sus Coaching Podcast. I'm Jake. I'm Nicole. And today we're going to talk all about recovery, recovery nutrition, and recovery tools. To take your recovery to the max. The max. max. So today we'll talk about some rollers, some percussion massagers, float tanks, protein, post-workout drinks, foam rollers. So you can get all the games that you need. So stick with us as we talk through everything about recovery. Recovery. Saturday. Happy Saturday. How's your workout? It was good. 18 miles felt pretty easy. Oh, that's not something you hear every day. <laughs> not too bad for 92 miles into a 104 mile week. At altitude. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. Yeah, how was your workout? Not bad. Had a Vasa machine workout, so similar to a swim for like an hour and a half. <laughs> and then heavy lift day and um, four mile run. So capped out the day pretty nicely. Had a really relaxing Saturday, if you can call it that. So, Nicole, what are we here to talk about today? Recovery stuff. It's the most disputed thing among athletes. No, I don't know. It's probably not. But we're here to talk about it because we have a lot of experience in it. Um, many, many, many tools. Are too many tools, too many dollars sunk into too many tools. But it means that we have all of them. So if you're looking for one, then we've probably got it. Yeah. So um, we can start with kind of recovery in general and what that means for us athletes and how important it is in the scheme of things. Um, And I know we briefly touched on this in one of our past episodes about um, kind of the the proven uh, recovery tools. Um, And honestly, it sounds like it doesn't really matter what science says sometimes about recovery. If it feels good to you and if it's helping you feel better for your next workout, then might as well try it. Yeah, well, let's start with why recovery in the first place. And I think that brings us back to the growth equation, uh, which is stress plus rest equals growth. So your common sense idea on that one is you might be really fit after, like, let's say you do a 20-mile long run, and the next day you do hard 1K repeats, and then the next day you do a 45,000-yard time trial in the water. (laughs) Well, you might be really fit. But uh, you're also going to be really tired, and if on the fourth day I ask you to go for a race, it's not going to be good. So you need to rest, and your body actually improves. So when you do a workout, you kind of embarrass your body, make it say, oh, crap, I need to improve and get better, and then it gets better in the recovery time. So Even if you're not doing the slew of things that Jake just put out there, um, maybe you're an athlete coming back from um, like a, a down couple of months. Maybe uh, COVID took away a couple of your races and you haven't been racing, but now's a good time to start getting back into things with the hope that 2021 will bring a couple more races. And maybe your four mile run, your two mile run, your walk, your whatever it is um, made you really sore and you need um, some better recovery tools just to get back into the swing of things. Yeah. And so we talk in episode number two. So the most important thing that you can possibly do for recovery is what? Sleep, of course. Thank you. <laughs> I thought that was a trick question. <laughs> yes, absolute. Number one is sleep. And then the number two most important thing that you can do for your recovery is? Well, I'm drinking nutrition. <laughs> yes. Because, again, even if you are, you know, we've got the percussion massagers and foam rollers and stuff that we're going to talk about today. But 
you can foam roll as much as you want to, but if you get two hours of sleep a night and if you're underfueling yourself, then you're not going to recover. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of our tools, we have kind of a, I don't know what kind of word we want to use for this, but we have a very big timeline of tools um, from the last couple of years that have stuck with us through our move, who've, um, you know, kind of been with us since the beginning. Uh, so we have a wide variety of things that people probably already have in their house, um, including what we have on the table here, some of our big foam rollers um, in all sorts of sizes and shapes. Um, and we kind of actively um, evolved through a whole bunch of different recovery tools as we um, realized what was on the market, what helped our muscles, what helped our, you know, psychology going into the next day, um, and overall our performance. And it doesn't really help that Nicole and I like different kinds of, yeah. like, the self-torture tools. When I use any of these rollers and recovery tools, I want it to hurt. I want it to hurt good. <laughs> and when I massage Nicole or when I use one of the percussion massagers on Nicole, she's like, can I pay you to touch me less? <laughs> that is a quote from our good friend Aaron. <laughs> Can I pay you to touch me less? But like, honestly, let's look at this. This is a normal foam roller that looks nice. It's cushy in all the right places. And then look at this one. And this is my rumble roller, which I got an extra firm, but it's actually, it's kind of gotten a little less firm over the years. It's one of our first rollers. So we just recently got this one, which is, if you think of like a PVC pipe with like hard rubber on the outside that's poking you and stabbing you, this is what that is. Yeah, that's that's gross. That's not my style. And of course, Jake and I can talk about both of our styles because I'm sure we're going to have readers and listeners on both ends of the spectrum who like the soft, you know, can I get a gentle massage, just kind of move the blood flow and others are like, can you use a hammer? Can you use some nails? Like, I really need you to get in there. So, Nicole, I think we already mentioned that the second most important thing you can do besides sleep is nutrition. Mm -hmm. And I see we've got some protein here on the table. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So protein is all the rage, right? Like everybody thinks that protein is the only way to recover. And obviously we know that that's not true. Um, on top of, and we can cover this in different sessions, but on top of taking care of your body with nutrition during workouts, especially if you're a long distance athlete in any capacity, um, taking care of your body with nutrition during the workout is extremely important because the last thing that you want is to end your workout and go into the next day with extreme depletion. So think about a 50 mile bike. You ride 50 miles, maybe that takes you three hours, but you didn't have a simple water or nutrition on that bike. You're going to get off that bike and you're going to feel really awful, especially if you're in different climates. And so I think a lot of the guidelines say you don't need any during workout nutrition unless you are going longer than a lot of them say 90 minutes, some say 60 minutes, and the water depends a little bit. That's a topic for a different day. But so sure, granted, in most studies where we're researching the performance effects of calories during a workout, sure, like you can go 90 minutes without having any kind of deleterious performance effect. But we work with triathletes and runners who are doing two or three workouts a day. Nicole, today you did three a workouts. Vasa swim, a lift, and a run. Well, your Vasa was 90 minutes right on the cusp. Your lift was real short and your run was 45 minutes. So does that mean that Nicole shouldn't have taken calories in on any of her workouts? I disagree. I think it's really important for even shorter workouts, if you're doing very high volume, that basically you're missing an hour and a half of time that you can feed yourself if you're not feeding during those times. 
because the quality, the quantity of calories you need to get in during the day is massive for a lot of the workloads that we see athletes doing. And if you're missing out on 90 minutes in the morning and then another 45 minutes in the afternoon, then that's two and a quarter hours that you just, you aren't eating anything and you need to fill yourself and get those calories in. Well, if you think about how long we were up here today in our workout room today, uh, we started around 11, 12-ish, and we were in here until four or five, not eating. I mean, with the exception of the stuff that we had during our workouts. But if you think about it, we weren't sitting down during any of that time to eat any food. Um, so it's important during those that four-hour gap, even if you are doing 90 minutes, okay, but what's the harm in putting a little calories in you for the next two workouts that you have? Because you're not going to be able to sit down and have you know, your, your lunch or your dinner or what have you. And granted, Jake and I both had dinner after our workouts. Um, but we also noticed that after our dinner, we immediately go for like a second dinner and a third dinner and some dessert and maybe a second dessert because um, this is kind of our routine of the day. We finish our workouts in the late afternoon and then we have to backfill calories. Um, it's especially hard as plant-based athletes um, because our meals are typically less calorie dense than other people's. Um, but to make it easy on you and to enhance your recovery, I'd say for number one, other than sleeping, just general nutrition is to be taking in some calories and hydration while you're working out, no matter the climate. And unless it's, you know, a one mile run, you know, maybe consider putting some calories in there. Yeah. And double that if you are doubling workouts. If you're doing one four mile run in the morning, that you, you can probably get away without calories. But if you're doing a four-mile run in the morning and then a 90-minute swim after work, well, that's when you really need to start thinking, can I get some extra calories in here? So, Nicole, do you want to talk a little bit about what about right after a workout? Um, there's a lot of supplements out there right now um, that put a lot of protein into an after shake content or an after smoothie content. Um, the best by far that Jake and I have experimented with over the years is Tailwind. Um, they do a rebuild is the brand name. Um, it's a recovery formula that puts both ca um, carbohydrates and proteins together in an easy on your stomach, simple to use shake, very light for after your workouts. Um, if you're not interested in buying any sort of shake, um, totally understandable. The best way you can refuel yourself and build on the workout that you just did is to get, I'd say, between 20 and 30 grams of protein within 30 minutes after exercise. So jumping off the treadmill, getting right back home from your run, what have you, get some sort of protein in. Um, ideally, that'd be paired with carbs. And when you're using whole foods, it's a little bit harder than a shake that kind of has it already combined. Um, but you're looking for, um, you know, 20 to 30. So maybe that's a um, oat milk based yogurt that has a high pr uh, protein content with um, some carbohydrates on the side. So maybe you add in some granola or maybe you add some blueberries um, with a little bit of maple syrup. It's just tacking on some more carbohydrates as an immediate snack within 30 minutes after you uh, finish your workout. Yeah, and that 30 minute window is the scientifically proven window for maximal glycogen uptake because that's a lot of what you're trying to do with those carbohydrates is you're trying to replenish your glycogen stores, your body's way of storing carbohydrate, which is one of the first things that it burns during exercise, particularly high intensity exercise. So anything that's long or high intense, particularly, you really want to get those calories in. And I do have to, so a quick caveat, we are uh, Tailwind Trailblazers. So we do have a little bit of a sponsorship from Tailwind, but it's something that we sought out because we were using the product yeah. first. 
the the company is absolutely spectacular. They are a local Colorado based company, so can't speak highly enough there. Yeah. And uh, again, any of you who have GI distress or have trouble eating after your workouts, I know I was one of those for quite a while. Um, super light. Uh, you can kind of sip it over the course of a couple of minutes. Um, it's really refreshing, especially if you pair it with ice cold water, you're working out in the summer. Can't say enough for kind of the lightness. And we've experimented with a lot of different recovery tools um, as far as the nutrition side. And this just comes out to be the best. Yeah. And really, it's just especially I find for workouts where you're not at home. You know, right now we're in our pain cave. So we've got swim, bike, run and weights all in the same place. And our kitchen is 20 feet downstairs. Well, when you're at the track for a track session or if you're going to do a workout and go straight into work, then having something just pre-mixed, pre-made is really, really important. Be that tailwind or anything that you choose. Having a snack immediately after your workout is really, really beneficial. So other than, um, you know, the scientific, you know, this, this is backed up by science. It helps you uh, take up glycogen right after your workout. Um, the physical aspect of it, what you'll notice right away from taking in calories, carbohydrates, and proteins right after your workout is you're not going to feel sluggish. You're not going to finish your 16 by 400 on the track, walk away, not eat anything until breakfast an hour later, and just be dragging through that hour. What it does is it kind of gives your body um, like a kickstart into recovery. Um, and ideally, that's what we're looking for, especially if you're an athlete that's doing two to three workouts a day. Heck, even if you're doing a four mile run in the morning and then you go into work, but you know your work hour is going to be 15 hours. This is the thing that gets you kickstarted and moving into that day. Yeah. And I can 110% remember kind of, it's a little fuzzy, uh, like Sundays after my long run when it's four o'clock in the afternoon and you know, I finished morning late or like early afternoon. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I don't know what day my hour of the clock is on <laughs> so. yeah yeah and we've all been there too we've all had the oh man you know no food's available i just have to make it home to eat something and then we just gradually feel the decline of mental clarity and and sharpness just dissipate because our body has used so much during the workout and it's going to continue to use afterwards to repair what you just did to your body yeah and uh also you know something else that you can do what i really like especially in the summer especially when we were living in arizona and it was like 800 degrees <laughs> at four in the morning before the sun came up uh when you finish your run if you're not going to do something like a tailwind or maybe after you do your tailwind my favorite smoothie recipe i'll share that here and i'll put the comment in the description as well but favorite smoothie recipe i think i found this on running runner's world like years ago take a frozen banana yes it has to be frozen it helps the consistency uh take some frozen blueberries some oat milk a couple of oats and then put a scoop of protein on top and oh yes that is spectacular yeah, I've gotten worn out on those over the past couple of years. So my favorite and not as uh, well-rounded, but I like this after hot runs. We're kind of getting off topic, but um, is a frozen watermelon, um, just literally blended, put in the um, your Ninja blender or whatever, blended, and then a sparkling water. I like the coconut flavored sparkling water. I think it's by Waterloo that we, we typically use. Um, and after you're done blending, just pop it in the smoothie and you get this really nice, like refreshing, cool off kind of smoothie. Yeah. All right. Let's do a quick note on protein. What does it do for you? And then I'll share our protein. All right. So let's talk a little bit about protein. Aside from making you big like Arnold, 
Okay, just kidding. It really won't. I mean, aside from my massive biceps. Yeah, all right. Okay, yeah. Get out of control. Uh, no, so protein, when you do hard workouts, particularly strength or anything high intensity, then your muscle fibers are breaking down a little bit. And then you get a super compensation effect. That's what you're trying to do. When you do a workout, you break your body down a little bit. It says, ooh, okay, I need to repair and actually get stronger so that the next time I'm not going to break down. That's what you're going for. And the protein is what helps you do that in your muscle resynthesis. And uh, then I'll just do a quick note on the protein that we like. I know we showed it before, but we found that this less naked protein is uh, a really good pea protein. A lot of pea proteins, unfortunately, can wind up with trace heavy metals. We did quite a bit of research on, uh, on pea proteins that were low in heavy metal content. And there's three ingredients in that. It's coconut sugar, pea protein, and um, vanilla bean. So mm -hmm. it's super simple, super good for you, and it's very convenient. And for those of you out there wondering, is this a complete protein? Yes, yes, it is. Um, you're looking at all your amino acids that you need before you <laughs> mix together your shake. Jake's giving me that look because um, quite often when we're asked about our plant-based diet, we're asked, you know, where do you get your protein? Are you sure you're getting the right amount of protein and blah, 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 and all this stuff? Yes, yes, we do. Don't worry about that. But more specifically, this uh, uh, this naked protein, pea protein, is... Why are you smiling at me like oh, that? Oh, down girl. <laughs> uh, this protein has everything you need. You don't have to worry about, you know, oh, man, well, I need my way to actually build muscle. No, actually you don't. No way. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. We're, we're done. <laughs> All right. So now we've talked about protein um, after uh, our workouts. Let's get into some of our ancient tools. Then we'll advance into our more uh, recent tools. Um, but my favorite for post-swimming, um, and this is mainly because I deal with a lot of neck and shoulder soreness after my uh, workouts in the pool. Um, I like this trigger point, I don't know, 30 something inch roller. And maybe you have more specific dimensions on it. Um, but this is a kind of a medium soft roller that I like to just put a pillow behind my head, line my spine up on it, and just open up my chest because I do a lot of freestyle. Um, if we're being fair, I'm pretty sure that I bought the firm and just didn't tell you. All right. Well, it's softer than your other torture tools. So this is my favorite for um, after swimming. I do the cactus arms to really open up. I move up and down to get into my scapulars. Um, so really great tool for whole body. Um, you can lay on it for hip flexors, for uh, pretty much everything. I don't think there's a single thing that you can't get with something like this. And these are really common nowadays, which is awesome. Um, because if you don't have someone at home to massage you or to help you out, this is the number one tool. <laughs> and then uh, Jake has his awful rollers that I'll let him. Yeah, so I showed the rumble roller before. This is a similar concept. Uh, basically, it just has little knobbly groove things to really dig into your muscles and give you that extra little bite of pain that uh, is my favorite. But no, so um, the theory on the why do you roll, you know, it's not, a lot of the science doesn't show, like it's not going to reduce IL-6 or other markers, markers of inflammation. Really what I find is I like to roll because it helps me with my injury prevention. And, you know, if I've got super duper tight calves or quads, then getting on the foam roller is definitely helpful because what you can do is it helps loosen those things up. 
Um, Dr. Kelly Starrett in his book, How to Be a Supple Leopard, he really talks about um, being active on the roller. And I think that's the biggest takeaway I can give anyone for rolling, particularly uh, beginner rollers, is you don't just want to lie there and take it. You want to be active with the roller. So if you put the roller underneath your quad, then you want to activate your quad into the roller and then relax it. And that kind of activation, uh, I think he calls it flossing. Uh, it really helps kind of loosen things up. You get a little extra activation and then relax into it and you can get a deeper stretch that way. So this is our novelty roller. Um, I actually got that fairly recently because I was uh, out traveling and did not bring a roller with me for a long trip. Thought it'd be fine, but nope, I, I really do enjoy that roller. Um, and then uh, another roller we have, so we are uh, not sponsored. I wish we were because it would save us a ton of money, but uh, this is a Hyper Ice a Viper 2 roller. Uh, it vibrates. So that's the cool thing. Um, I'll give you a little demo and we plan to be, uh, you should have already seen quite a few of them, but we plan to do uh, kind of video overs here, but here's the roller. Three settings. Um, and what that really lets you do in my favorite, so two things, one is the vibrations are supposed to like trick your Golgi tendon uh, system into like not feeling the pain. No, I promise you it still hurts when you're on the vibrator roller, but it seems like, at least for me, it lets me sink kind of deeper into some of the stretches that I'm doing. Um, and the work on the roller is a little bit less painful. And if I finish a hard workout and I hop on the vibrating roller, then it winds up just kind of, it's like you shake out if you've ever been to the chiropractor and they just kind of do like the vibrator on you to loosen up first, then it really helps just kind of shake everything out and feel a, a little bit fresher afterwards. So I like this one a little less. I'm on team don't torture my body after I've already done a torturous workout. So uh, I like this one a little less, not because of the vibrations, but because it is very hard. Um, it's much, much harder than the standard, like the 32 inch roller that I showed earlier. Um, and even the rumble rollers, I think it has a harder consistency. So as far as lying on it and kind of enjoying that relaxing blood flow coming back to your muscles, um, it's more of a it's, it's like lying on a rock, basically. Um, so for those of you who like that, awesome. <laughs> but I like Jake use this one. <laughs> yeah, and so we also, my parents uh, also got like a kind of a, a cheap knockoff Chinese brand, um, like roller dealio that also vibrates and mediocre, super like not worth your money. Uh, yes, the, the high-priced products are pretty expensive. I will absolutely grant you that, but the power of the vibrations. I was lucky I was able to try some of the physical therapist's office and then just kept going back. And yeah, you, the, it's worth the money. The vibrations in other rollers are just not up to snuff when it comes to the comparison comparison with the, the hyper ice. And I think um, we have a, a similar one from Trigger Point. So we love the Trigger Point rollers. Ooh, this I is, like this one. This one's mine to talk about. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to talk bad about it because I what? don't like how... <laughs> Weekly, the vibration. Oh my are, gosh! Okay, give me something. I'm gonna hype this it's one. It's not up. painful enough for me. <laughs> uh, so this is also a trigger point. Um, I love this one because my calves suffer when you make me do hill workouts or when you make me do sprints. They get really tight, and if I don't have you around to massage them for me, I use this thing. Your calf fits really nicely inside. It does vibrate, maybe not as much as uh, you like your vibrating tools. Um, 
but it's really great because it has these um, these foundations on the side that allow you to roll up and down. So it's super easy to get your whole calf. Um, it has three settings, I believe. Yep, three settings for vibration um, and super, super kind of supple and soft on top. So yeah, Jake's making a face because he likes his spiky rumble rollers. Um, so this is one of my favorites. I haven't used it recently. I think my calves are getting stronger, but I would definitely give this one a try. Um, this was on the kind of mid price range. I don't remember how much we paid for it, but it was one of the last ones. I'm actually not even really sure they make these anymore. Um, we'd have to do some research, but definitely recommend this one for any of you who have Achilles, calf, upper calf, soleus issues. Use this one, please. All right, so let's continue the lower body theme and we'll hit the feet. Oh, 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 oh I like that one too. <laughs> okay, so I have my soleus arches, Achilles, and calves are usually my first things to get sore um, during running, biking, etc. This is my like, I'm sitting at a desk all day. My feet need some love because I did a track workout this morning and I've been sitting since then. This is the thing I whip out. Um, again, another trigger point. I'm not sure what the, the version is called, um, but it's like a plantar fasciitis kind of uh, tool. Again, it has these two foundations that lets you roll. So you can literally sit down at your desk and just roll it up and down your feet. Um, you can sit at your desk um, and apply small amounts of pressure to it if you're dealing with plantar fasciitis or any sort of calf pain. This is definitely one of my top of the line tools. I usually keep this in my office when it's not COVID conditions and I'm not at home all the time. All right, so next, um, at, ooh, wait, let's talk about more on the, the calf. <laughs> so I'm gonna be the calf expert here. I also take this to work. This is a slant board. Um, a lot of physical therapy places have these um, to stretch out the calves and work kind of the back line of your body. Um, but all it is is a slant board that you can adjust its height and its degree of angle. And then you put your heels in these um, kind of cushions down here. Um, and I'd recommend standing for this one, but you can put your foot on it and lean into the stretch and you get this amazing calf stretch that's not like, you know, putting your heels off of a curb and trying to get a stretch that way. This is a lot different because you get this full surface area. Um, one of my favorites, I'll use this at my desk too with my standing desk, um, just to kind of get that full back of body uh, stretch going on. Yeah, I think we both. It's rare to see that in our house because we both usually keep it at our office where yeah. we've got the standing desk there. This is a strong tech. Uh, I think it was just an Amazon search. Yep, that was probably a, you know, some things like the, the Hyperice products, we really like the obnoxiously expensive but totally worth the money uh, for it. But that one is definitely a hard piece of plastic, so the cheapest we could find. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'll talk on the next one, uh, actually the next two. Um, this is a small torture ball. Actually, I think this is a middle-sized torture ball. Technically, the smallest, cheapest would be a lacrosse ball, which is awesome. We have some here somewhere, um, or maybe they're in my backpack that I've taken to work as well. But uh, those are really awesome for getting into some, some sore muscles, but uh, sometimes for some of the smaller muscles, or the deeper muscles, you just can't get enough pressure. At least I can't if, you know, uh, if you're like me and you really want to make it hurt, then you need something that can give you a little bit more pressure. 
And that's where this comes into play. I got this one probably five years ago uh, when I was having some really bad piriformis pain. And you just can't get into your piriformis on a roller all that well. Um, maybe if you've got a really knobbly one, but I just can't find mine quite as nicely as I can with a ball. So getting in with the ball is really helpful. I find similarly with the hips, uh, sometimes the rollers just spread out the pressure too much and they just don't hurt enough. So uh, it's supposed to hurt. It's it's, a, this is why you're a math That's how runner. you know it works. <laughs> Not exactly true, but okay. But no, the uh, kind of a large size ball. This one is super light. So this is definitely a go-to for traveling um, because most things you can get with a roller, you can also get with a ball. Um, it's, can, you know, you don't get as much at the same time, but the ball is super helpful and it's a lot smaller, really convenient for traveling. So definitely like this one. And then um, if you can make it small and light and cheap, then Hyperice can make it uh, expensive and vibrate. So similar, um, three settings. And it's, this one is rock hard. Like this is based, it's hard plastic with little rubber bits just so that it sticks to the floor and doesn't like roll all over the place. But if Nicole thinks that the Viper, the Hyperice vibrating roller is hard and firm, then that thing's probably way out of her league. But um, yeah, no, the, the vibrating ball is similar. If you have like piriformis pain or hip uh, tightness, then that's an absolute go-to. I also find that it can really get into your hamstrings a little bit better than the regular rollers. So that's uh, definitely a go-to for me on those. I agree about the hamstrings. I've definitely used the vibrating ball for hamstrings versus like one of the plain rollers that just because it needs to get in the hamstring versus like spread across the hamstring. Which is yeah, preference, I think. Though uh, I must say that a con to all of the vibrating rollers and balls is when you're traveling, if you do elect to take them, and I, we've traveled with all of these because we're excessive. And I mean, she's a triathlete. So that means like bike and bike bag and like we're bringing a lot of stuff anyway. So might as well bring the rollers. <laughs> Anyway, uh, if you're on the second or higher floor of a hotel, then it depends on the construction of the hotel, but I do often feel reticent, like knocking things off of the wall of the place <laughs> oh below <God>. me. <laughs> but. All right, so we have uh, one or two more. Um, probably, oh yes, I will talk about this one. Um, so we recently invested after finding amazing chiropractors up here uh, in Colorado. Um, we recently invested in a TENS unit, which has been around for ages. Um, and it's not a new technology, but um, I love this during my menstrual cycle when I'm cramping really bad. It helps a ton. But other than that, um, recovery for like my neck after swims. You don't know what a TENS unit is, I don't know where you've been, um, but they're these little pads, these sticky pads that you place on um, muscle groups of your body. I typically use two-ish, uh, depending on where on my body I need some electric stimulation, if you put it that way. Um, these attach to cables, uh, and the cables attach to the TENS unit itself. And all it is is just this low stimulus um, kind of electrical current, it activates your muscles, and these are often found in physical therapies as well. They call them STEM, they call them, oh gosh, what was the other one when we both went to physical therapy? 
something like that. Um, it's pretty much the same technology. It's just you can have it at home and it doesn't cost you a million dollars. I think this one was like 20 or 30 bucks. Yeah. Um, so super easy to kind of get a grab on your muscles. You can control it. Again, you're in control to have a really low grade stimulus. You just feel kind of the tiny pinpricks in your muscles. Or you can go all out and uh, have that real big grab of your muscles where your muscles are actually contracting and releasing. Ultimately, um, I think the idea for this is blood flow. You're getting um, the stimulus of the muscle contracting and releasing is a lot of blood flow back into the muscle. Um, yeah. It feels good to me. Uh, again, it's probably preference. I like the really low grade stuff um, that can you just kind of barely feel. You're not really getting any huge grab on your muscles. You're just getting this like nice low stimulus um, and it takes your mind away from the soreness in your muscles that you might have. Yeah, and I had uh, some uh, quite a bit of stem done. The last marathon I got to race was New York City in 2019. And uh, as much as it hurts me to say that that was my last marathon race, but uh, the right before that, like the week before the race on like a Tuesday, I was out running, just doing my six mile easy jog and something twinged in my low back. It was like a, it was not good. It felt very not good immediately. And I limped, literally like walked limped the whole way home. My back was super tight. I've never had anything like that before, uh, but it was like, just my muscles would not relax. And I had quite a bit of uh, some stem done at PT offices and then uh, a little bit of dry needling as well, yeah. which, let me talk on real quick. Nicole doesn't like needles, so we're just going to leave her out of this and Nicole try not to pass out on the gear. But our so dry needling, if you've never had it done, it's a very small needle and you just the you have to get it done by a dry needling certified type person. I'm sure there's a real certification that I don't know about, but uh, our chiropractor up here does it. I've had it done by a few physical therapists. They stick a little needle in your muscle and they hit, they aim for and hit trigger points. And when that happens, then your muscles just release. It's magical. It's like when you're sitting on a roller and you're trying to release a trigger point for like five minutes, you could just have someone go stick a needle in it and bam, it's good. <laughs> like that's, that's what we're talking about here. It's spectacular. And between the dry needling and stim and stim through the dry needles, and the rollers and everything, like I was able to, in like four days, go from not being able to walk to racing New York. It wasn't my best race, but it was better than walking it. So. And for those of you who don't like needles, I'm sure there's a lot of you, um, neuromuscular therapists or anybody who can give you uh, a massage or release those uh, trigger points on their own. I prefer that way. We both see the same guy. He's both a neuromuscular therapist and uh, qualified to use the, um, the pokey needles. needles, dry needles. Ugh, can't even, needle. I can't even say the words. Um, he does a really good job on both needles for Jake, but he does the same thing for me just by manual pressure. So yes, it might take longer, but it's ultimately kind of like one of the deep tissue massages that everybody begs for and then cries afterwards. Um, and we can talk a bit on massaging too, um, which has been a big uh, conversation in the last few years that, you know, get massages weekly. It helps you out. Um, there's actually not a lot of science that shows that massages actually um, repair your muscles, make you feel better. And it's worth commenting that science of recovery is very difficult. True. Uh, doing a good study, doing a controlled study. I mean, 
what is your placebo massage? It's very yeah. hard to trick someone that they've been massaged without massaging them. <laughs> so that's quite difficult. And then just looking for, what are you looking for? Are you looking for a lot of people look at IL-6 or cytokines, other markers of inflammation, but does a massage really help with inflammation or is it helping to release a trigger point that might be causing a gait imbalance that might cause an injury down the line? Like the, the science is, there's some there, but it's very difficult. Yeah. And Jake and I have nothing against massages. In fact, we really encourage them because it's very psychologically relieving for us to go get a massage, um, especially if we're dealing with a tight point or we've had neck pain for the last three weeks or what have you. Um, but I really encourage the massaging for the psychological aspect. I yeah. like that at the end of a hard week. It gets me moving back into the next week with harder workouts, with um, a better mindset. Um, so maybe just a thought if you're into massages or if you're into any sort of um, deep tissue stuff or acupuncture, all those things kind of fall in the same. Yeah, category. Nicole really likes the psychological relaxing massages. I really want the massage therapist to like dig their elbows. Wow, surprise. Okay, so for our last torture device uh, and the there's been quite a lot of media hype, you know, people really like the percussion massagers. The Theragun and uh, the Hypervolts are some of the big name brands, but everything from like literally putting a little massager thing on a jigsaw to knockoff brands, uh, Trigger Point makes one now. Well, the percussion massagers are pretty legit. Uh, and to the point that Nicole and I actually bought his and hers percussion <laughs> massagers because when I was traveling, she could not live without it. So they're really nice. Um, Luckily, uh, with I mean, I'm not sure how it is for other companies, but luckily with uh, hyperices, they come with a whole bunch of different tips. So you have the flat tip, you have the round one like Jake has on his right now, and then you also have a really pokey one. I really just like to use the round one. That's it's soft. It helps. This one is too aggressive for me. No, it's the other way around. That's oh, really? It. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I like this one. Um, <laughs> has three settings. Um, Jake has the fancier one. Yeah, I have the Hypervolt Plus because uh, it's supposed to be like 30% more aggressive. <laughs> wow, another surprise. Um, but these are, I mean, pretty much everyone has seen them. Um, they, typical percussion. Yeah, and we'll work to get in one of the like sexy, slow motion, vibrate oh videos. So much. You're adding too much to this video you're welcome um <laughs> but these are nice because you can pretty much use them everywhere um your forearms are sore put them on your forearms your neck is sore be careful but put it on your neck um you can even by yourself get into your back by reaching um the only thing i can't really get too well is like mid back by myself um but this gets everywhere so if you're struggling with a a roller, even if it's a vibrating one, to get in certain areas. This is a really concentrated tip um, that you can get in places that are just being a pain. Yeah, and I really like it for uh, a good warm up. You know, we've done uh, like if I'm feeling sore or tight from a workout the previous day, I'll just do a quick warm up on my calves, hamstrings, quads, uh, and then maybe a little bit on my shoulders and neck and back if needed. But you know, just doing a few quick strokes mm -hmm. upwards and you know, maybe we can put together a video later on describing kind of like a warm up and cool down routine. But the the hyper the hyper volts the so that's what we have is the hyper ice hyper volts. And 
Uh, we have, I've like seen and held a Theragun. They're almost double the price. I think they've come down now. Both uh, Hyperice and Theragun have like portable versions, but the Hyper Volts that we have are spectacular. Like we really love them. The, the you know, Nicole likes it on the first setting, the lowest intensity. I generally like it on the second intensity, which is surprising because normally I like things the most aggressive they can go. But uh, for smaller muscle groups, the definitely the second setting. For larger ones like my quads or uh, hamstrings, and yeah, definitely ramp it up a little bit. But yeah, they're just awesome tools. And for travel, it's hard to beat these. Uh, aside from you have to be a little bit careful for like whipping one out in the airport if you're transitioning <laughs> flights. Been there, done that. Yeah, we consistently every time you travel with me and you have this in your carry-on bag, they consistently stop you and ask, what is this? What is this? Most people don't really know, especially if they're not athletes. Um, but you always go, yeah, it's this massage. Then you're careful not to say gun. This this massage thing. It works like this. And they always have to like strip it and test it and stuff. And I have gotten everything at the airport from, uh, sir, what is this backup, backup? I need backup to, uh, oh, is that Theragun? <laughs> So, yeah, but yeah, it's no problem. You do actually, it's a lithium ion battery, so you have to take at least the battery in your carry on. Uh, but we've had no problems. Uh, you might have seen us at some point in the Dallas airport, like hyperbolizing <laughs> Nicole's neck because it was sore. And again, for the travel, you know, if you're staying in a hotel or an Airbnb on the second plus floor, then you're not shaking the whole earth below you. Because, you know, I always say when I bring the vibrating roller, like, yeah, I'm going to use it. I'm not going to like worry about it, but I always worry about it. And I don't use it, and that's not great but yeah. it's hard to beat these for travel as well so the one thing that you can't take traveling with you unless you want to go visit a um a company for it is uh float tanks uh, we mentioned this in one of the past episodes um and it is in the small amount of research that's been done on uh the science of recovery in sport is one of the two things that actually helps you recover period um muscles emotional, psychological, gets you ready for a race, it's a float tank. A lot of people haven't heard of this yet. Um, it's still kind of an up-and-coming tool. Yeah. Um, a lot of people use it for meditation, for getting in a, a mental space. Us athletes can really exploit this. Um, so as athletes, we can really exploit the float tank. Um, if you haven't heard of float tank, you might have heard of sensory deprivation tank. Um, and they're really popping up in, in major cities right now. Um, and the cool thing about it is everywhere where I've been for a float tank has been different. You're either in a small room, kind of like a shower caddy type thing that your whole body fits in, um, or you're in a tank, or you're in a pod. Um, if you Google image search any of these, you're going to get a whole wide variety of options for your float. Um, but ultimately you get the same thing. You go in about eight to 10 inches of water, um, filled with about 800 pounds of Epsom salt or upwards, uh, which is extremely sanitary. They've done a lot of research on that, that you're walking into a sanitary tank, um, usually cleaned by a UV light filter. Um, it either close, it has a door to close or a top to close or some sort of, um, light blocking door to keep all light out. Um, and if you're uncomfortable with that, a lot of uh, shops now have um, little lights installed in the water. So if you want, you can keep the lights on. Um, and then you get an hour, maybe two hours of floating. 
you lie on your back, you float, all that salt in the water keeps you completely up and out of the, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. even for me, even in a swimming pool, my legs will sink. But even in the ocean, I can't float. But in this thing, it's like you're floating in the Dead Sea, but saltier. Yeah, and it keeps your face out of the water so you don't have to worry about, you know, if you close your eyes, you don't have to worry about drowning. There have been zero incidents of people drowning in float tanks. Um, the water, you know, you can either put earplugs in or the water covers your ears and you get complete silence. Um, and you just get to float. Luckily, the water temperature is about the same as your body temperature. So you actually can't tell where the water starts and stops, which gives you the sensation of floating. Um, I've done a lot of floating in the past few years. I've used it before and after races for both mental preparation and um, like physical recovery. Um, so much so that we actually uh, bought one ourselves. We have a finished shed on our property. Um, it's hooked up to electricity, and we were able to use the Zen Float Company to get a float tent. It's not really a tank; it's a tent. Uh, works the same way, um, and it's amazing. And it's a great recovery tool, great meditation tool. Um, would highly recommend before you buy your own. Um, highly recommend trying one out, finding your nearest float tank, and just going for 45 minutes or an hour. If you don't like it, you don't like it. I will say that it does take you a couple of times just to kind of get used to it. Yeah, um, I think it took me at least three three floats before I really got settled into it. But For me, it's about two. And I think after the second one, um, you know, I had Jake in the room with me. Um, for when we're traveling, I usually like to have someone with me, you know, especially if I'm going to be closing my eyes in a tank. Um, and he listened to me snore for my 60-minute session. Um, you just get so relaxed. You can either meditate, you can drift off without worrying of, you know, passing out or, you know, you've got great filtration or great ventilation um, and great flotation. So you don't have to worry about any of that. Um, just a really, really great recovery tool. And um, I don't remember what the book said about it, why it counts as one of the uh, proved recovery tools. Um, but if you remember, feel free to jump in. Uh, ooh, that's a great question for, uh, again, the book we're referencing is Good to Go by Christy Ashwanden. Yeah, I think we butchered that. Yeah, sorry. Uh, link in the description. But uh, yes, that is, uh, I think it was, we didn't really know why uh, exactly it works, the mechanisms, but it worked. Uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was time trials or uh, physical recovery indicators like uh, inflammation markers, anything like that. but. It makes sense. Like Nicole said, you get the dual hatted of the uh, the psychological space. You get uh, it's like meditation made simpler because there are fewer, if any, distractions. Plus, you're also floating in an Epsom salt bath, like yeah. a very, very concentrated Epsom salt bath. So you get the dual physical and mental. Yeah. And um, walking into a float tank, you can always expect one thing. A float tank's always going to give you something different. Um, so, of course, walk in with positive expectations that you're going to have a relaxing time. And maybe the first time isn't and try it again, maybe two or three times, maybe even four. Um, but when you get the hang of it and you can truly relax and take a nap or meditate or just float and be with your thoughts, um, you walk out feeling like you've had a full night of sleep. That is one thing that I've seen consistent with my floats. Um, half an hour to one hour. I've even done one for, I think, up to two hours. Um, has been like walking like right out of bed in the morning um, and starting your day. You get this really good kick of energy. So maybe something to try, but um, we'll have a lot of footage in here of our float tank and how we use it. 
uh, if you're interested in the company and you're an experienced floater, or if you're just interested in getting in uh, float tanks in general, um, feel free to drop some comments. Um, we're happy to answer those. I'm probably a little more experienced floater than Jake. Um, unfortunately, due to a surgery I recently had, I haven't been able to get in the water. That is uh, one thing that sucks about um, any sort of open cuts. It's so salty in the water that you either have to put a petroleum-based jelly over your cuts to keep the water out, or you just don't go in at all. And that's uh, my current concern, <laughs> my incision burning up so bad once I get in the float tank. Yeah, pro tip uh, for guys, don't shave your face the day of a float. And girls don't shave anything <laughs> before your float. You're probably good with a uh, shave the night before and then in the morning go float, um, but just enough to keep your pores, you know, back to healed and not exposed because that stuff hurts. Yeah, I shave with a straight razor that Nicole got me and I am still in the learning phase. So sometimes I need two days, depending on how badly I cut myself. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think we've recut covered all of our uh, recovery tools. The only thing that we can't say much on is like the Normatec boost, which is the last thing that comes to mind. Um, also a hyperized product. Please sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything to say on those. I've actually never tried any. I think you might have tried one at a, a race or some sort of event, but. Oh, um, I, yeah. No, I've tried them once uh, somewhere, I think. Uh, they're nice, but I do not have clear enough recollections if to recommend them or not. Yeah. That one might be up to you guys, but uh, maybe in the future we'll be able to let you know on, on that end. But for now, I think that's all the recovery tools we have. Um, of course, we'll be talking more in depth about the nutrition side of recovery um, in future episodes because that is a whole spectrum to cover. Uh, anything else, Dad? No. Uh, as always, thank you so much for your time and for watching. And please like, comment, subscribe, and if you have any topic recommendations, please let us know. We're happy to take requests. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a great week. Bye.